This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Hi. You're running with Jason and John, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Happy Friday to you. We got executive producer Brad Carson on the ones and twos. And here sitting right beside me. He little early. He was on this side of town. We've got the great Anthony Sane, who usually joins us at 11.30 on Fridays. We're always grateful to do that. Might as well come in here a little early because the Grizzlies, uh, well, they did something we expected, which was lose after a great effort. Uh, to the Cleveland Cavaliers, but then maybe something a little bit unexpected in the sense that they traded Stephen Adams. Yes, Stephen Adams last night. I was surprised. Uh, curious to see if these guys were. We'll talk about that with saying with my man John Martin. We will talk also about the Tigers' uh, big game this weekend. Big in the sense you better get this turned around. They got Wichita State uh, this weekend, obviously. Plenty to get to today, but... Uh, makes a lot of sense that we'll be talking some some Grizzlies today, John Martin. Were you surprised, sir? Incredibly. I'll expound in just a moment. <laughs> My man John Martin is getting things together uh, as he comes in here. We uh, got a chair issue, it appears. I'm a chair issue. But we're all here. It's Friday. Y'all know how it is. He's about to have a child, so I can understand a little bit, I guess. No question about it. Mm-hmm. And we've got Anthony Sane here. We've got hey. all, all fathers here today. Yeah, all fathers in the we were having a fatherly talk before the show. Saying, how are you? Man, I'm good, man. My energy is high. I've uh, been sleeping good lately. I put some blackout shades in my, throughout my house. So my house turns into a cave in the daytime. So I'm on some real Batman type stuff. I'm curious to get your take on the <laughs> Aquaman scene. Oh, um, yeah. We're going to talk about it. Sure. We, uh, John, you want to set up the show? You good? Everything out? Yeah, we do have a lot to get to on the show today. Anthony Saints here with us. Nice to be a three-man show today. Happy to have you. A little different. Feels good. Uh, and then at 125, Randolph Childress from ESPN Field of 68 is going to join us, talk all things uh, Memphis and college basketball. So, yes, we have a lot to get to today on the show. But I guess, yes, uh, Stephen Adams is the first place to start. Uh, he's gone. Uh, get, get out the tributes. Uh, get out the violins. Uh, thank you for your service. And so now that that's over with, um, it, it, it's it's more about what does it all mean, right? Mm-hmm. I guess I guess we'll start with the decision itself. Did it come as a surprise to you saying that they that they made this move? What do you just make of the logic of the thing? Oh yeah, for sure, it definitely came as a surprise. Um, we I found out this news literally while I was recording my show yesterday evening. Like it broke in the middle of the in show. In the middle of the show. And like it wasn't in the meat of the show. It was like when we do the three pointer, we're, we're talking about three things that are going on in the world of sports. 
And then Kenny Stubberfield, the producer, hops in and says, oh, we got breaking news. So in the middle of the segment, got like, the he drops, room. you know, Stephen Adams got traded or whatever. So I definitely was was uh, surprised by it, particularly that we didn't get an actual player back that's going to be a part of the roster. That whole part I had to process that for a minute. But, you know, once I got home and hopped on Twitter a little bit and just kind of made some phone calls and just basically just made sense of it all, I was able to, you know, process it and make a lot more sense of what I just heard in the middle of recording the show. So Smart move in terms of what you've gathered yeah, I, and everything else? It's an exciting move to me because, it, <clears throat> to me, it, it signals some type of new beginning, that they're about to go in a totally different direction than what they've been going for the past few years. Um, I think that the front office is, is smart enough, and I think that they have the same eyes we have to see the deficiency that we have at the center position this season uh, and the venture that that's been, uh, trying to piecework together big men throughout the year. And basically just saying screw it all and just not having any bigs at all out there <laughs> during some points of the season. Not centers-wise. You know, we've been playing without a center at all uh, pretty much from, for most of the season. But it, it shows that they're clearly, they're clearly preparing for some different direction, that, they, that even with whatever version of Stephen Adams will be coming back next year, that they want to go in a different direction. And I think that they are competent enough to understand that um, they have to do something. And I think that the way that that move happened, especially not bringing any players back. Of course, you got Victor Oladipo on paper. Victor Oladipo right. will not see Memphis Airport, <laughs> right. let alone uh, uh, the court. So um, I think with that being said, they cl- I'm excited, man, because I'm, I'm watching my phone like never before uh, because it feels like something's going to happen, possibly in the coming days, man. You know, you know trade deadline is Friday. I think there are definitely going to be more moves to be made. And, uh, you know, it, I just think when I, when I, as soon as we wrapped up the show and I thought about it, I was like, yeah, man, they're about to – a new, a new, a new, not era, but a new, a new move. A new movement is happening with the Memphis Grizzlies, and, and it started with um, letting go of Stephen Adams last night. Agreed. Um, so you think the likelihood is you start the season with another center yeah. next to Jaron Jackson as yeah. opposed to going into it with Brandon Clark? Yeah, I don't think it's... And Jaron, I heard a little bit of that discussion yeah. this morning. just wanted to see where you were at on it. Yeah, I was listening to Harrington talk as well, and he said that, um, you know, of course you hear the, the Brandon Clark stuff, but the thing that stood out to him, the first thing that came out of his mouth was, I think uncertainty was a major factor. Like, not knowing what uh, Stephen Adams is going to be next year health-wise is the reason why you move him like this, you know what I mean? And with that being said, you don't know what Brandon Clark is going to be either. So I don't think I don't think they, whatever they see in Brandon, I don't think they think it's enough to say, "Hey, we're going to start you and and, and Jaron Jackson Jr." Even though that that front court, that power the forward center, have, have yeah, been good. Yeah, the, yes. analytically, like that that matchup when they're on the court has been off the chain. Like, and you use it for against years. Minnesota. It's been that way. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, we look great against Minnesota with that lineup. Forever has been good. I don't think you can stand on um, that certainty. And I think they're about to go in another direction, man. I think you're going to see a new starting center here, and I don't think it's going to be somebody who's playing in college right now. I don't think they're going to use a draft pick to right. finish out their spot. I believe they're going to make a move between now and, um, you know, when the season starts next year uh, to get that person, you know, on this roster. And I'm, I'm excited just thinking about the possibilities and names. Just yeah, what does that person look like? Who is that person? What, is, what does that well, person look like? You know, I don't think we would need to bring in any kind of prejudices to it. You know, it, mm. they, it doesn't matter what they look like as long no, as they're... No, no, this player, what type of player are we oh. talking about in terms... Of, and, and what else do you have to move, if anything, to bring, the, to bring this player in? Is, um, it an, is it an actual upgrade over Steven Adams? Is it something that's commensurate? What's like the archetype? Like, what, is, what does that guy look like? I what think kind of salary is he on? I think you're looking at someone who's going to be... Um, Closer to John, Jaron, and Bain's age, possibly. 
a little bit more athletic maybe, possibly a better free throw shooter, um, but also was able to do some of the things that Steven was able to do. Steven Adams is one of the Rebounders, top-tier paramount. rebounders in, in the That's entire first. NBA. And he's also good at setting screens. I think if you can find someone who's – you're not going to find someone who's good as Steven Adams, but if you can find someone who does about 80% of what he does on both of those, I think it's an upgrade, especially if you can get the athleticism, the switchability maybe where right. you have that, that twin towers thing going with Jaron and another guy. Um, I think that's something that can definitely help out. But I do there, – there's a narrative that's going around that I'm not really 100% invested in because mainly because the only people who are saying it are people like – us. It's just media guys saying there's nothing from the Grizzlies that has or will come out that kind of confirms this. And that's the whole, um, they did this for tax relief type stuff, right? Because I'm like, I hear that. And I, 17 I, million now right. below the second April. And I know that when you trade um, salary away for an expiring contract, and you know the expiring contract never going to play for you. You're just going to let that roll off or whatever with um, Oladipo. Mm-hmm. I know you. I know that's that is true. You are saving that money just looking at that deal within itself. But if unless you think they're about to draft a center for next year, all things considered, with the way that this roster is upgraded, as far as finding Vince Williams, finding a Gigi Jackson, that are going to be rotation guys next year, as opposed to a month ago, month or so ago, when you had question marks, huge question marks about your wing position, mm-hmm. as far as what you're going to do. But I think it's when you find those two young guys who look like they're going to be solid rotation pieces, yep. two guys that went from being in, in two ways and buried on the end. I mean, not only on two ways, because Vince Williams was not any at the beginning of the season. Vince Williams was not talked about as being a guy who cracked the rotation at all. And now you're talking about a guy who looks like he's going to be a solid rotation piece, possible starter, yeah. you know, for next year. I think that um, the way things have changed, because I was a guy in here saying, just go draft, just go draft the big, right? That's when this is when you still had question marks about your wing position. Now that you've solidified that, and you look at the capabilities for next year, and you're like, "Crap, man! Like we could really be good." I don't think that you're gonna trust that over to starting Filipowski at Duke. You know, some kid, some kid who's playing college basketball right now. Well, that, would, that, that would that would make no sense. It didn't make any sense at all. That would make so, no sense. With that being said, going back to my original point about the 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 tax thing, you're going to bring a starter level center to this team via trade. That's probably 80% what's going to happen between now and the beginning of the se- next season. So with that being said, yeah, right now you're below the, the luxury tax apron with, with with this move you're looking at now, with moving Steven Adams out and bringing in a contract that's going to poof disappear. But you're going to bring in another contract to be your starting center. And most centers in the NBA, they're $12 million and up. Like you're going to bring somebody in probably in that level. Um, or if you make any any kind of deal you make, like I talked about Vince and Gigi, this is what this is how people have to. I wish people would start thinking about, start thinking like this, right? With Vince Williams being incredible, like he's been this season, man. You're talking about a guy who's I don't know his averages, but I know for a nice stretch he's averaging around 15 points, seven rebounds, I think two or three assists per game, getting steals, getting blocks. Handling the ball, like initiating it's the been offense, unbelievable. it's it's nuts to see the stuff that Vince Williams was doing, right? And I think it's time to have serious conversations about what is Vince Williams in the future. And if you have those conversations, you didn't have to ask, okay, well, what is Marcus Smart in the future? And you, I, I've been on here since mm-hmm. the beginning of the season, saying you might want to take a look at Marcus Smart. You may want to question what his what his long term plan is here, or what the Grizzlies' long term plan is for him. Um, and with a guy like that emerging. 
and you know you you know you just made the deal yesterday where you you traded your starting center man there were there were a lot of moves we could have made to to trim that same amount of salary one could have been Brandon Clark who's not your starting center one could have been Luke Kennard who's going to be your fifth guard next year one could have been Marcus Smart who's going to be an undersized wing defender uh, slash backup point guard but I think that Smart's value is, is high on this team. I'm not acting like it's not. But I think you're start, trading your starting center and then say, oh, that was a tax move. Has to be more to it. Can it be both? It can be both. I mean, I think it has something to do with yes, it. But I, I think the, the leading narrative is, oh, the Grizzlies are doing this for tax relief. Like, no, it's, it's, it has to be more than that. So with that being said, uh, like I said, whoever you bring in, he's going to have salary as well. Freaking James Wiseman is making twelve million dollars a year. I mean, so would you be willing to? Couldn't you do more on salary for that player? Get mm-hmm. a higher level of player if you move off Kennard, or are you tied into now? This makes it less. You know what I'm likely saying? You move you off. Could, you could still move off Kennard, right? Because you're going to spend. Up. You're going to spend money next year on Marcus Smart and on on, on Luke Kennard, right? Yes. So if you do a deal where you move both of those guys out and you get, you could still save money, and still have a starter level center, and another piece. But you still, it's, you're not over the tax. You know what I mean? Because you can still move. If you did both of them, yeah. If you get, if you move both of those guys, you can get a starting center and another piece and still save money. It could be less than what you sent out. Now, I'm not saying that's happening. No, I'm not saying that. Feels at like all. they're really investing smart. But, but with Vince, I'm the whole, I, the whole thing. Just, the whole thing would have good. Like shooting we're watching 47 percent from three yeah, in, the, in January. Come on, and man. like that's on five three point attempts a game. Yeah, like, like he's he's been it's unbelievable. This was for the month of January. <laughs> to your yeah. point, 15, six and a half rebounds, yeah, and almost four assists. I see this on your screen yes. now. Like that's crazy, bro. Like Vince Williams is putting up crazy numbers. He is. And if someone says, okay, all right, stuff has changed. Vince Williams will be our starting small forward. Or if you say Gigi Jackson will be our, star- you know, if you say either one of those, I wouldn't be mad at all, right? So he's like, okay. So what do you do with Marcus Smart? He's not going to be. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't spend. You didn't ship out what you shipped out for Marcus Smart from to be your backup point guard to and and towel waiver on the bench. Like that's, that's not fair. And, and if you're ready to move on, right? Like so, I'm saying keep those things out there as possibilities. Absolutely. Like, we didn't make this trade yesterday. It's okay. We're done. Off season over. Trade deadline's over. Like there's clearly other no things that are going to have to happen between now and then. And I don't, I don't think it was strictly just a tax move because you're gonna, whoever you're starting center next year is gonna be is gonna be making at least twelve million dollars. That's just so. not what a team on the Grizzlies timeline does. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, they're just. I mean, I, yes, they do, or maybe they don't. Maybe they don't care about the tax. We mm-hmm. don't know that. Yeah, right? we're like, assuming that they, they care about the tax. Like, Para might be like, "Yo, I don't hey, give let's, a damn. Let's go." Yeah, exactly. like I mean, we got to we got to compete with this right. group. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you're taking. There ain't no way, bro. The and time. your whole thoughts on the. I'm sorry, bro. Your whole thoughts on the tax may have completely changed between now and six weeks ago. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Because when you found two diamonds in the rough who are going to be guys making probably less than right. six million dollars a year between right. uh, Vince and Gigi, right? You might say, "Oh, you know what." Let me make some other things happen and solidify some other areas. But yeah, go my bad, bro. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say like I mean that that would have been something maybe Heisley would have mm-hmm. cared about. Right. He was a cheap owner. Yeah, I mean we have no evidence that Para is like yeah. worries about that. Have stuff. you seen he's his house? Have you seen what he's doing out there? The house he has in L.A. Para. Yeah, I mean one of his houses. You ain't seen that clip. Uh. Uh-uh. He's got like a. Um, Hell He built this gym at his house. In the back wall of the gym is like one big LED screen. They said you can see it from almost anywhere in town. <laughs> and like people are complaining about it because at nighttime it looks like that Las Vegas. Thing, yeah, it's like bigger something. than a billboard. It's like yeah, look it up, bro. You'll see it. But they said he's just like like that dude. We're assuming that, that he's right. messed up about paying the tax. But how do we know that? We, we don't. We, like we I said, have no. What this team could be is totally changed in the last few weeks with yes. the emergence of those two. Jason guys. has an email out 
about that. So we'll see if we get a comment on okay. on how he feels uh, on that <laughs> okay. topic. Hey, I, I will say <laughs> from what, my Gmail. What I do love, uh, by the way, is that the Warriors are coming in town tonight, and I assume that all their guys are going to play. And uh, you can get in the Pinnacle for eighty six bucks. I mean, that's like that's crazy. What are you talking about with uh, here? Yeah, yeah, like what? Like the the team is as such mm-hmm. that like a team like the Warriors can come in. I know they're dragging ass themselves, mm-hmm. but they're they, they're going to play all their guys. You go, you can see Steph yeah. Curry, okay, for eighty six dollars in a good seat. Yeah, that's like that's a win, right? And they might win. The Grizzlies might. Win. <laughs> well, certainly cover. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's I, don't, what, I don't know if y'all have. Uh, I, I've been talking about this all week. Everywhere I've I had a microphone to my mouth that. Grizzly games are freaking fun to go to, man. Like I, don't, I saw y'all there last Friday night. Yeah, I was there, I was there last night. Me and Gabe last went last uh, last week. Came in what day it was? It's Friday. Thought. And yeah, last Friday. Orlando. Yeah. And the games are fun, man. Like it's the crowds are fine. It's not like a packed wild house, but the, the game the crowd is fine. How and much it, of that is because the effort they're giving for the three yeah, and a half? Yeah, this, I mean that's that's still a ton fun of games, yeah. man. And they're affordable right now. And then, you know, when Mark comes to get his jersey retired, it's going to be a madhouse in there probably that night for sure, probably for a very good price because the tickets aren't – it's just a good little – we're in a good little patch of time as far as uh, going to Grizzlies games and just enjoying them on television. Exactly it's just, right. Part of that, too, is knowing that there's a, a you chance yeah, that you're yeah, a contender yeah. really quickly again. You got like, Trey Jemison last situation. night. He's getting rebounds right, and like, blocks. He's got and some big square shoulders. If everybody was, it was – we were acting like Shaq was out there last night. It was, well, like, I'm not going to go that far. We were fun. It was, I'm just saying, well, that's the level were, of fun. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, we were just having fun. No, yeah, I mean, I think we've actually talked about this on the show is like – the only reason why it's fun is because you've already you have no expectations. The season's already, over, <laughs> right? Right. It would like, be fun if we're like, all right, we really right. do suck. Like, like if, if Ja was playing and, we and they were eighteen like and thirty, mm-hmm. it would not be fun. Yeah, seeing seeing Ja with a parka on on the sideline right. and snow boots, it makes it fun. But not like, if yeah, like we'd be coming there. in here talking about like what the hell are they doing with Trey Jemison, bro? Right. Like what? Because <laughs> their first twenty five games wasn't fun at all. Well, yeah, man. we're playing the ten day roulette. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. But no, it's fun because. They're competing and they're winning games like we just do exactly right. right. Which to me is like what a what an indictment of the NBA regular season that these this team mm-hmm. is winning and competing in mm-hmm. games against fully healthy right. rosters. And um, I had CJ heard on my show yesterday. You can watch uh, anytime today uh, Anthony Sane show um, podcast. Uh, he made a very good point. He said, "Man, the thing that's absolutely phenomenal that a lot of people are." absolutely not giving the, the Grizzlies credit for, is that you take any two teams in the NBA, you, you put the Grizzlies on one side, you put whatever team you want to put on the other side, and you list those players in order of importance, like power rank the roster, right? If you do that for the Grizzlies, you power rank from Ja down to whoever you think is the worst player, Scottie Pippen Jr., whatever you're doing, or Jacob Gilly, whatever you're doing, like one through 15, just line them up, right? And you do that with any other team in the NBA. You say, okay, take away one, two, four, seven, nine, Eight, take those guys out of the Grizzlies, right? Mm-hmm. He said, go over there and do that to any team in the roster. He said, that team on the right is going to be the worst team in the NBA. I guarantee you. To see the Grizzlies, like, yeah. like messing around the middle of the NBA right now, they're, it's, they're it's, really it's insane, bro. Like, you had nine games with John Morant, and everything else has been just a collection of guys. You've had Bain's been out for a while. Smart's been out most of the season. Kennard has been out most of the season. Brandon Clark has been going all year. Steven Allen's going all year. He said, "If you if you make that power ranking and you take those numbers out, you do that to any other team in the NBA. They are they are butt naked last in the league. Well, I love you that. Have, you have to give the Grizzlies credit for that. For because sure. because, because, because Lord knows you won't give Taylor Jenkins an answer. <laughs> that's a fact. All right, let me, and let I me saw say you this. last Friday night all tagging us talking about look at look at Taylor <laughs> putting in Zaire first. This is what I'm talking about. Uh, let me say this though. 
I talked talk to CJ about this as well. Something you have to, regardless of what you say about Taylor Jenkins, how critical you are. And I'm a person who has, I've been You've critical. become more critical right. this season. And I've been critical more so this year because I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this is the time for y'all to see that this guy is probably not the guy who's going to be here when we win a championship, which really isn't saying much because that, would mean, that means he's 99% Just like of NBA else. coaches, right? But you want us to see it now. Why? But I, at the time, it was obvious to see it because you were throwing out lineups with Zaire playing 30 minutes in a game, and Vince Williams has a good game, and you don't play him at all the next game, and you got Gigi Jackson just sitting there playing the cup game on, on the court and uh, all these type of th- You had all this type of stuff going on, and you're not playing guys that you had available, right? But at this point, when I see what he's doing now, and I, like I said last week when I was on here with y'all, my biggest thing with Taylor Jenkins is it's kind of hard to to criticize him because it feels like he's – Coaching with a headset on, like he's like he's doing what the That's front what I'm office. How can we right. even know? You I don't made, know where he's going. I don't the point. There's one like, thing about him. Zaire going out right. first. Hell, maybe you know. Right, exactly. I, I, I don't. I don't know what. I don't know if he's good or not. But one thing I cannot deny that he is good at. He he is good at. I've been saying this for the entire time he's been there. He is good at creating a culture that is impenetrable. He is very good at that. Because me and CJ talked about that as well. Anytime that you can create a culture where. Every guy on that team is is lock and step. From 1 to 15, they're all cheering for each other. You don't see guys feeling the way about each other. Yeah. I've seen Jake LaRavia get excited about um, Matthew Hurt. <laughs> it is Which like, he shouldn't. And if I'm Jake LaRavia, I'm like, no, nah, man. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, bro. I, I was you before you, yeah. bro. Like, like, I can't let you get my shine. Like, I've, I've seen Jake LaRavia get excited about that. You know what I mean? I've seen – and then you – it's not just – like I told CJ, it's not just 1 through 15. It's one through thirty. Yeah, because the, the hustle guys, they all bleed over. Like, it looks like it. It's you go to a hustle game seam- seamlessly. It's it's hard to go to a hustle game on an off Grizzlies night and not see Grizzly players there supporting their guys, mm-hmm. talking to them, on the sitting on the bench with them, and just that culture that's being created there. You have to give Taylor Jenkins credit for that. Respect. And for a guy who like Good I've point. got my criticism of Taylor Jenkins, like, and then I also say, dude, I don't know if that's you or what they're telling you to do. You know what I mean? And but that whole thing. But you have to say the fact that he's been the coach for what, five or six years now, mm-hmm. and you never heard anything about, you never seen eye rolling, you never seen guys put their mouth on them. You, guys, even guys that are gone. Now, I know for a fact there were guys here that didn't really feel him, but you never heard anybody taking any shots at him. And I, that kind of stuff matters, bro. It matters big time, especially yeah. like if you look at what's going on on the other side of the building with the Tigers. Being able to create a culture that's sustainable and nothing breaks that culture the Grizzlies bring new dudes in. They feel like they're part of they're part of the thing. I've seen this in locker rooms. I remember when he added. Uh, I remember the, the day they added Anthony Tolliver, John's rookie year. I was in the locker room and I saw how they embraced him. And I just see how when new dudes come in, how they just they they, they treat them like they're part they're of absorbed of into what the they culture. do. Yeah, they just get swallowed up by this culture, or whatever. And I think you have to give Taylor Jenkins credit for that. If nothing else, man, like if you if you, I like that. I think That's he's horrible point. with his. I think he's horrible with his rotations. I'm, I'm with you. There's all these type there. of things. But as far as creating a a positive culture, hmm. he is a he's master level when it comes down to that. And I can't take that from him. Like when when you come into practice, I've came in I've came in the Grizzlies shoot around. Like when 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 they really were like had that young team that was really cooking with all those young guys, yeah. and they were they just got done playing kickball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, you know what I mean? Or they're having these free throw shooting competitions for, you know, for championship belts, and they're just in there having fun, and they're just creating, like, this big family. Like I said, it's not just a 1 through 15 thing. It's 1 through 30, bro. And, like, and, and I think that those type of things you have to give Taylor Jenkins credit for, whether you want to or not. Also.
Yeah. So anyway, it'll be interesting to see uh, you know what the uh, what the next move is. Some people, by the way, I don't know if you guys have mentioned this name, but I'm seeing some of Nick Claxton. Oh um, man! Because don't, he, don't get me that excited. Bro. He and he and Job ja played together. Don't also. get me that excited, bro. I don't know what the but the Nets suck, right? Mm-hmm. So it would make sense that they they, they would, bet on themselves off some fool's gold last year. Bro, Nick Claxton is a monster. Now, I don't I don't know how he would fit with Jaron. I guess he'd fit pretty well because he he's not an outside guy good. at all. <laughs> right, like he can't shoot whatsoever. Right. But he is a beast around the rim. Yeah, you, you see my legs shaking over here, man. I mean, that would be the guy, right? The type of like if you yeah. want to know what they look like, white, black, brown. We are the world. Nick Claxton would yeah. be where so, I start. So much about him makes sense, man. He's think he's like twenty four years old, twenty five. Right around the same age as those guys. Super exactly. athletic. Uh, he also was the defensive player of the year candidate along with Jaron last year. Uh, he has those, con- those connections to John Morant. He's going to set oh, screens. The he's defensive gonna, team you oh, would be. He's going to be uh, – he's going to get rebounds. He can set screens a little bit. He's a little light in the ass, though. He's not a beefy he big. He's more of a, um at- athletic uh, big or whatever. But, man. But, I mean, him and Jaron – you're going to have, like, 15 blocks a game. Yeah, good luck, yeah. You're, I mean, and if Jaron can be consistent, you know, on yeah. the outside and he can be a little bit more yeah. a little bit more aggressive, that's a tandem that would really work. Yeah. Let, let, tell Jaron, hey, just. How much does a guy like him command? Because he's only making oh, nine. Oh, that's the thing with him. He's going to get paid this summer. Yeah, he's going to get paid. He's going to get paid this summer. Well, I mean, so you're going to have to pay him. The Grizzlies Claxton. are going to have to pay. Yeah. I mean, how much is he double his salary? Well, I'm just asking how much he command a guy like that commands. I mean, I who's get, been I think he, in I the think mix he's for defensive. To, well, he's going to be in the twenty million dollars. Well, first of all, he has no yeah, offensive game. Because Zane had that number at twelve. Remember mm-hmm. we were talking about it. Yeah. It's going to start at twelve. Just wondered how high a Nick Claxton yeah. might go. Man, and if, if de- you got Nick Claxton as your starting center with Jaren, if you're if you're worried about the tax dollars, don't don't even don't even don't even put a team out there. If, if that's what you, that's why you're not going to do is concerned about tax dollars. But yeah. But yeah, I would I would absolutely love Nick Claxton to be on this team. And there's some things you can make work over there. Uh, they've got a ton of other guys that are wingish, combo forwardish. Like you know, you've got uh, Dorian Finney-Smith over there. You got them uh, Royces and you got Royce O'Neal, uh, yeah. Cam Johnson's over there. Uh, it's a lot of things over there you can make work uh, with him and another guy. And just just remember some of the stuff I threw out there earlier as far as you know, guys we might want to move off of uh, as well. Do you do you anticipate Golden State? Making moves, trying to man hold trying on to yeah after, here before the deadline after what I saw on MLK Day you're right Martin Luther King rolled over in his grave watching how that team was ass bro like that team like they're playing a little better now but I don't wasting stuff like who's gonna like who wants those pieces who wants Wiggins you know what I mean like that's that's your that's the piece of talk you're not They'd you're have not to give talking up about a Kaminga to do something yeah exactly I don't think they guy. want to do that right. and and um you, you didn't invest in Moody at all or any of your young guys really mm-hmm. so you don't have any value in those dudes like it's that team looks if I'm a warrior I've seen <laughs> I've seen so many Warriors trades online where, where fans are talking about this that and the other because I got a friend um that he's a Warriors fan and I see his engagement guys he's interacting with <laughs> it's some of the trades they throw out I'm like they were like yeah man we could get if we could get, uh, uh, um, like they're saying, like if we could get uh, Claxton and, and, and Dorian Finney Smith, man, that's, that's a good start. Yeah, let's get them. Like, man, the world, y'all got to get them dudes. Man. I don't, yeah. Like, like, they're not going to be able to do a remake you know, like, Clay the Lakers, Thompson is up? Yeah, like, like the Lakers that, did that, last year. That now. team, they, they, they bear hugged that roster a little bit too long, man. And um, they're really, really, really paying for it. They, they probably should have tried to move Wiggins last year when he was actually still right. good, coming off of looking like, you know, exactly. Like, you know, MVP in finals MVP. MVP finals you know, what was the personal stuff? With who? I don't know, man. We never found that I, out? Actually I, actually, I did hear something. There's nothing I want to talk about on the radio. No. It was like the Arkansas stuff? Uh, nah. nah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll chop it with y'all on the break. I hear something about that. I don't want to say it because I could very well be wrong. Okay. It's something really... 
personal stuff. Well, I, I, I was talking to somebody the other day, um, and they were like, they said, you know, what's what's going on in Memphis? And they were like, they were like, is it like an Arkansas uh, thing? You know, with those rumors, I said, mm-hmm. they're one more loss away from that being a rumor. We talking about, uh, hey, you know what? This whole Penny thing, I don't know if y'all love against the break or not, but this whole thing with Penny. We have no breaks. Like, I'm ready for all gas. How does he <laughs> develop the impenetrable culture you're talking about when you're in this day and age and you're flipping rosters and bringing in one-year guys? Like, it's hard to mm-hmm. get to that, right? And so when you bring in the Naquan, there is that ripple effect that does cause issues. Like, it'd be nice to have that culture that's built, but mm-hmm. in this day and age when he's having to replace guys the way he is, mm-hmm. so do you have to change the approach, I guess? My, my thing with Penny, I'm glad you said that too. I wonder how much, like, real time does Penny spend with his players? Like, not just at practice type time. I wonder how much actual culture building time does he spend, spend with them. And um, just, just kind of assuming how the whole recruiting process goes. Like, you wonder, like, I wonder what he told, like, when you've already got, I might be out of sequence. I don't think I am. But once you've already got Jordan Brown, once you've already got Quinley, once you've got David Jones, right, what did you, what did you tell Jaquan Walton? I mean, yeah. Well, he and Jordan and now, Quinley kind of no, came in the same. Which, which, Walton is the wing, right? Yeah. What did you tell him when you, when you reached out to that dude? Like, I just wonder what was... Like what, what, when you made your pitch to Memphis, what were you? What did you tell him? He said, "I'm going to play you at five positions, and we're going to go to the league." <laughs> like he tells DJ Jeff, everybody. Right, and it's like I'm just, it, it, that's the type of thing like with that, that's different between college and the NBA. Like you said, like if the if the Grizzlies draft Gigi Jackson, you tell Gigi, "Hey man, you're a great player. We see good things for you, but we, your ass is going to be in the G League for for two years." Nice to meet Let you. Let him know, yeah. Yeah, but come on, come play kickball with us yeah. <laughs> next Wednesday. But you still want You know what I mean? <laughs> right? That's what you do with Gigi Jackson. But but because you drafted him. You know, like, okay, bro, you had a— Straight up with him. You had a rough, you had a rough you know, college career, so welcome to the NBA. You know what I mean? But with a guy like— I get you. With a guy like Walton, you wonder, like, what did he tell him? Like, and, and, and that—because I remember, like, when they had media day, right? I don't know if it was media day or the first availability. And Kenny Smith, who's—Kenny uh, Stofield, I'm sorry, who's the producer for my show— he asks, uh, you know, he's, you know, you're super happy, man, on media day. You just getting off all these questions, just saying stuff that's silly, or just seeing how guys respond. And Kenny's like, "Hey, uh, game on the line. Uh, who's who's taking the the final shot?" And Walton's like, "Oh, man, that's me." And I'm looking like, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> I'm like, no. "You know what I mean?" And, and then you see his play this year. You're wondering, okay, so what did they tell that dude? What did they tell him before he came to Memphis? Like, because we're we're getting mad at guys like. David Jones, because, hey, why don't you play defense like uh, uh, Johnny whoever that played for Memphis last year? You remember last year I called him the best sorry team in the country, right? Because you had you had KD, you had uh, DeAndre yeah, Williams. I can't tell you anybody else was on that team other than Malcolm Dandridge. That's, I'm sorry. And A-Lo. But they that's, all that's fell it. in line. And just <laughs> I, don't, got I don't remember any of them dudes, man. Bunch of road right. guys. But it's like we're mad at, 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 at David Jones because he's not defending like that, or Walton because he's not defending like that, or Quinley because he's not defending like that. And it's like I just wonder what did Penny tell these dudes before they came here? And then you go get a guy like Tomlin. What I mean, what did you tell him like to get him to come here? Other than just it's not just NIL money. Dudes are not just going to get a check. They want to go somewhere where they can actually shine. These dudes still have pro aspirations. You know what I mean? So I just wonder um, has Penny mastered that art of finesse and also just telling the truth, man? Like being completely honest with these dudes because um, I talked about this in the Bluff City Media Discord and on my show as well. It makes you wonder, like, uh, crap, I forgot just like that what I was saying. 
Um, with Penny in terms of the way he deals with him and what he tells him before him? Um, oh, a bad place to be for a team is when it's kind of like with this show, right? I know you guys personally. I'm friends with all y'all. If there's ever an issue between you and John, or the issue with the three of us, or the four of us, right? If we just go ahead and get to arguing about it, and say, hey, Brad, I think you're a clown. John, I think you're this. Jason, every time I come on, you say this, and it made me feel this way. If we go ahead and iron that out or argue it out, the argument is nasty, but we'll get over it. Like, you know what I mean? Once we've aired everything out. I think the bad thing about this Tiger team is, is this, I think it's a lot of dudes that feel the way about stuff, yeah. but they're just not saying nothing about it. And I think that's a, I think that's a horrible place instead to be of, in. Instead of right, as a team. It all out there. I hit. think as a team, they need to just go ahead and close the door and say, hey, man, well, let's go ahead and figure this out, bro. So, somebody, somebody has yeah. to do that. <laughs> Squash. I think it's... I think I think they're yeah. lying, man. Like when they ask when they ask the questions, oh man, there's no there's no chemistry issues, man. Oh, we don't feel no, bro. Well, then what the hell is wrong with y'all? <laughs> like, well, like he, one J- or two things has to be JQ true. JQ was kind of talking out of both sides of his mouth because on one on one sentence he was saying there's no chemistry issues. Mm-hmm. On the other, he was saying we're not cohesive. Yeah. So it's like those are chemistry issues, bro. Like y'all, it's I think that team needs. Am a I good, just am I like do I not understand the definition? Right. Or you know what I'm saying like are right because because it could not be more like. Mm-hmm. You don't lose the games that you've lost. Yeah, if you're buddies. Because <laughs> you'll, you'll figure out how to win. Because I think they need to come in the room. I'm just spitballing. I don't know anything about what's going on. Yeah, I, we're not I, in there, but it's I watch these games everybody. while I'm doing – I'm folding clothes while I'm watching Tiger games or I'm doing something else. Well, you ain't got to trivialize them right. like that, bro. I <laughs> no, mean, I'm just saying. Like, I don't – number 10 in the country, no, no, no. <laughs> See, here you go. I'm folding you clothes. Yeah. Y'all, this, this, way, this is how he gets that villain I'm, reputation, man. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You could have waited to fold the clothes after what they – No, the point I'm making is I don't – I'm not invested in this team, like, wholeheartedly, right? So I watch them while I'm doing other stuff. I might be making a – uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. T-shirt, or mm-hmm. which you can also get on the side on tees ninety one dot com, or uh, who's the other dude whose shirt I got? Uh, help me out, new guy, Woma. Uh, I got a Gigi Jackson shirt if you want that. I got a um, Vince Williams shirt. I got I got all that available. Side on tees ninety one dot com. Anyway, but I might be doing something like that while I'm watching a Tiger game, right? I might be in the lab making a shirt, right? So I, I don't have the I don't have the best opinion of stuff. I'm just so I'm just throwing out. I'm doing saying that as a disclaimer because I don't even, only try to think I'm dropping inside information about the Tigers because I have none. But I think they need to go in the room and say, hey, Malcolm, you got a problem with Tomlin coming in and, like, you were starting and then, no, like, he no comes. Like, Jordan Brown was here. I know you ain't like that. So, Jordan Brown left. Then I bring in another dude. And, like, he needs to be starting, but I'm still kind of playing around with you. So, like, you got a problem with that? Say it. You need to do that, right? Hey, Walton, I know you thought you were going to be David Jones, bro. You ain't David Jones, family. You got a problem with that? Say it. David Jones, hey, I love your game. That crap ain't going to get you to the NBA, man. man. I've turned it over <laughs> right? nine times. I know you think if I go out here and try to score 40, I'm Pass going to the, the league. Let, let me let you know as a dude who went to the league. You're going to be somewhere in the second round if that – because you you're going you're gonna to have the reputation of just being a chucker, turnover maker. That You're not going to be you're not gonna be a 30-game scorer in the NBA, points per game scorer in the NBA, bro. So learn how to do other stuff. Learn how to defend. Say the unsaid. Yeah, let's go ahead and get saying. all this out, man. Like Because everybody's like, oh, we're good. You're not. And it's clear, it's clear that guys – feel a way about stuff because you don't you see guys kind of roll eyes at each other and I think David Jones is kind of a common denominator to a lot of the, the beef that's going on with this team but you don't see them kind of infighting or whatever but I think something that like people are talking about I'm gonna throw out I'm gonna throw out a, a theory for y'all man all right so you had um this game of the night right so it's Penny says I'm bringing out a lineup I'm gonna switch things up y'all might be surprised whatever and Penny says 
I'm putting out guys that are dogs, right? That's the guys that are going to fight. That's what he right? said. Now, this is me from my casual eye watching games, right? So I'm like, okay, I hear you, Penny. So let me see this lineup. Something is going to be, let me see who these dogs are, right? One dude that he had on the non-dog lineup was also a dude. No, a dude that he had on the non-dog lineup or coming off the bench was who I thought would definitely would have been playing, and that's the Jordan kid, right? So I'm like, what did Nick Jordan do? So why ain't he starting? You know what I mean? So why you got Walton? So I was wondering, okay, so so I threw that whole, I threw that out as, as BS, right? When Penny said, okay, this is my dog lineup. So I'm like, okay, I don't really think that's your dog lineup. Not if you ain't got the Jordan kid out there, right? Because what did he do? And so I look at it. Then you remember a few weeks ago he said, I've got lineups that I can't, I got guys I can't, can't play, play together. Because the, they don't like each other. What if that starting lineup was, okay, all y'all that's been, like, got issues with each other, go play. What if that's what that lineup was? I ain't saying that's what it is, but that makes more sense to me than telling me that's your dog lineup. Because my dog lineup, what's, what's the little guard? Well, like, can't nobody be mad at Jonathan Pierre? Right. No, no babe. <laughs> like, didn't he, didn't he have some issues the, this year, though? Like, heck, didn't he get in trouble with What's he doing wrong? Uh, no, I don't think John, yeah, he got in trouble. Oh, well, uh, there, him and JJ, maybe there were. There, uh, I think uh, he I actually, I think he, I two know. games or whatever, maybe. Okay, yeah, so, like, if, if I'm going to say, okay, who are my dogs? Yeah, what's the little dude that's a scrappy little defender that's a point guard? Jalen Young. Why he went out there? I like, don't know. Why is Jordan on the bench if you're saying well, this is my dog lineup? Well, we can we could, we can, and should continue this conversation. we got to get to a break. We'll come back, maybe revisit this and more. We're saying here in the building, you are listening to Jason and John, 92 FM, ESPN. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. It's a little ironic that, uh, you know, you have your sort of, you know, uh, at times adversarial relationship with Tiger basketball and Tiger fans and it's the fan. your coverage of it. Yeah. But I got several texts about your um, your interpretation of things, mm-hmm. and they appreciated it. For real? What is yeah. that? They just said you you you're spitting. Oh, you're spitting right out. now. Shout out to y'all. So uh, I do want to continue <laughs> that conversation because we were we were having it off the air. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on field of sixty eight last night talking about uh, Hingleman Kringleberry as I will do if you know from time to time. Mm-hmm. And you know, Penny came up and Memphis came up. Mm-hmm. And on the little rundown sheet they give you, the producers right. You know, mm-hmm. they say uh, is Penny on the hot seat. And I saw I saw the question. I just addressed. It. I said. No, this is unequivocally not the case. He's right. not on the hot seat. He's made the tournament two straight years. Yeah. Yes, this season has gone to hell in a handbasket, but that doesn't mean that he's on the hot seat, uh, especially when he's who he is to this mm-hmm. program, to this city. With that being the case, I think the Penny conversation is more about him. Right. It's not about the university and mm-hmm. any d- administrative decisions they have to or don't have to make. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, Does he it, – is he willing to sit down – Right, because I think he's got to decide. Mm-hmm. I think that's to me that's where I'm at with him. Is like he's got because he, his way of doing things is just objectively not working right. to the level that he wants it to. Right, mm-hmm. he wants to go the second week and he wants to restore this thing. He's done a good job of getting the baseline back up, which is what mm-hmm. had to happen, but it hasn't reached that next level. Yeah. So is he going to sit down and say, "I have to change the way I'm doing things"? That's going to be hard. It's going to take a lot more work. Yeah. 
is he going to decide to do? To me, that's he's, the question. He's got to sit down and decide if this is what he really wants to do. And if he really wants to invest the work to get that done. Exactly. Like, um, I've seen a lot of stuff, man. I'm, I'm in a lot of, like, little groups of stuff. Like, being a part of Bluff City Media, we have a Discord for the fans. So I see a lot of fan interaction, right? And I, I peep into Twitter to see what people are saying under certain tweets or comments or videos to see what people are saying. There's been a lot of, lot of slander about the players. Like, these guys don't deserve to put their jersey on or they don't, they're not fighting for the, the name on the front of their jersey and all those type of things. And all these people are knocking the players or whatever. And I'm like, man, all these dudes came here because of something that was told to them. Whether that's, I told you I'm giving you some money, you're going to get some money here, or I told you you're going to have a certain role here. And, I mean, you can't get mad at that, like, going to crap, but mm-hmm. it doesn't go that way. You exactly. know what I mean? So, uh, that's like that's like a house of cards. Yeah, because we all got super excited. It's like, oh, man, we're OD, man. We we just got Jaquan Walton. Oh, crap, man. We just got this kid. Exactly. Oh, man, we got Jordan Brown. And, oh, look, we got Malco back, too. Look, but, but how did you get him? Yeah, but it's right? like <laughs> you got to figure out how I to mean, make all that work, man. Because, like, right now, bro, like, this is this is something we have to be honest about. I hope this doesn't come off as um, criticism of Penny because I, bro, like like I said all the time, Memphis is a unique market because Penny Hardaway is the only coach in college basketball who literally has his fans covering him as media. <laughs> like I'm not saying guys that are like pro him or hey, I want to see Memphis be good. There are dudes that are Penny Hardaway fans who cover him. Like that's that's something that you know I don't think you have that in the market, right? So, but I think the thing is, I, I don't want it to come off as criticism, but Penny has to understand how to manage personalities, man. And, and like, this is something we have to stop saying, right? Okay. Because what, what I'm hearing people say is Jordan Brown, who was like whatever he was last year, I know he was a highly ranked player, all these accolades about him. We, we want to say, okay, oh, he forgot how to play basketball. He's, he's just not good anymore, right? Oh, he's a dud. Like, that's, that's his fault. Jaquan Walton is shooting like, 40% from three almost in last year, leading the score for, where was he? Where was he? Wichita State, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, he just can't play ball no more. He just, he just sucks now. Javon, I mean, uh, uh, Quinley was like one of the better point guards in the country. Oh, he's he's a turnover machine. Oh, he's awful now. Like, no, man. Like, we have to, you have to be, we have to hold, like, our coaching staff responsible for some of these things. Like, all those guys are good individual players. Then you went out and you got, our front court is Jordan Jordan Brown, who had all these accolades last year, the Tomlin kid who was very good last year, and Malcolm Dandridge, who's been very good this year. Like why should, why is that not working? Like why isn't that dominating the teams? If you if you take if you describe those players and say, well, they're at Kentucky, they're at Duke, or they're at whatever school, Virginia, whatever you're saying, they're gonna say, Oh man, that's a dominating front court. We got dudes who we think don't even like each other. Like, but that that's an issue that Penny has to own. He has to be accountable for that. You know what I mean? And that's going to take work, bro. It's going to take work to um, understand the mad scientist part of not only getting these recruiting classes to get the fans excited, but taking that and, and making that, that bowl of gumbo, whatever you're doing, and making it something that's digestible, man. Make, yep. Making it something that's good and not just a bowl of crap. Because right, right now it's going sour on him. You know what I mean? So he's got to figure out how to, this, this is how, how to stop this, all those This things. is how sour it's gone on them. They went from being number 10 in the country to now, I'm going to reference it. <laughs> Go ahead, bro. Jason Jason wants to fight this guy. No, or, or me. I, I don't. Uh, Bart Torvik assigns Memphis a 0.6% chance of getting an at-large bid. I, said, I mean, only seven teams in the net era have made it with three quad three and four losses. Memphis has three now. Yeah. So, 
and look at how much is left. And those are probably going to be, I assume, Power Five, like a Michigan State. Most type of, of them team. were Power yeah. Fives. I think, in fact, all of them were. Yeah, it had to be. Yeah, Partha retweeted it a couple of days ago. Yeah. So, so now he's got to do some. He's got to figure it out, bro. I mean, I you know, look. I mean, I wonder. It's hard I, to make this a two big league in a year that it's gone down. And yeah. It's now ranked the ninth. Best yeah, the, the, the only way it's a two bid league is if Iowa, FA, Kentucky, Miami, yeah, Rutgers. exactly. I mean, those VCU, are the, Baylor, Arizona. It's right, only, VCU. Only, only seven though, but, but VCU's was, on there. This is those at large, three, and VCU's was three quad threes. This past loss was a quad four loss. You have two quad threes and a quad four. Yeah, I mean, VCU the only way Memphis gets an at large bid is if they sweep every top, every quad <clears> one the rest <throat> of the way. I think if they did that, then they would be. But like, that's <clears> not <throat> happening, bro. This yeah, team can't beat Rice it's at home. Happened so yeah. fast, man. I mean, the team was good. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's like it was like a car crash. It was like you know, you're just driving down the street, and then boom, you get T boned. It's like you don't even know what happened. You know, it's just. It's, I mean, yeah. this is not something that you're like, okay. Because, like, it, I guess it started in December at the end of the year where they, like, messed around with Austin P. That was, like, the one where, like, yeah. mm. oh, That was cute. And then they messed around <laughs> with the band. You're like, mm. Yeah. But you're like, okay, is that just because it's Christmas and these guys are bored? Oh, because like, the excuses came out for sure. Yeah. That, that's what I thought. Yeah. And then, you know, then they went to overtime with UCSA and then they messed around with Tulsa to a game win. Yeah. And then you're, now you're like, okay, yeah. is this like a thing? And then they, of course, lost to, yeah. to uh, South Florida and now they, they haven't won a game since. So. Quin- when Quinley was, was knocking down game winners, we were talking about how good he was. Now he's... And I don't think that was the, I don't think that was the <laughs> wrong opinion at that yeah. time because you don't, you don't have the benefit of knowing what happens in the next yeah. six games. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, when you have a team that is winning games regardless of what it looks like, yeah, you wish it was a little bit more, but it's like there is a, to me, there is something to be said for finding ways to do that, mm-hmm. right? Like you get credit for winning close games. Now, the late game variance goes against you, which it has, you lost by three to Rice, you lose by uh, two to Tulane, you lose by one to South Florida. So now it's like co- totally come back on you mm-hmm. and, and, and look at you. You got a point six percent chance of making the yeah. NCAA tournament. So you live yeah. by the fire, you die by the fire. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know if uh, in the history of college, like there have been teams that have collapsed over time, but like this mm-hmm. again, man, that's the hard part. Yeah. That's the hard part to yeah. stomach. And I talked to uh, CJ about this yesterday too, because CJ is a big Marvel comics guy, right? But you don't have to just apply it to Marvel movies. It's, just, it's a common theme you see in a lot of movies where you got this guy who controls. Maybe time or something, right? Or he's he gets to go back and fix stuff, right? It's, it's you kind of see the same type of thing going on with Penny, where it's like he started off his first year and he's like, all right, I'm gonna have this is gonna be you know NBA U, right? I'm gonna have like I'm gonna have NBA assistant coaches and I'm gonna go get these five star guys. If you want to get to the league, come to Memphis and me, Mike Miller, and I can't remember the other guy's name that was the NBA coach, Sam Mitchell. Sam Mitchell, right? Yeah, we good. Hey, we, hey, come to NBA U, right? And that whole thing. Crashed, and uh, all those dudes are still in college basketball. Several Wiseman and <laughs> and uh, and Precious, right? Like all those guys who we thought, you know, they, we were calling Boogie and Lester the College Splash Brothers, you know, <laughs> like it was this kind of stuff coming out, right? So, so that whole experiment didn't work. So then Penny's like, all right, I'm gonna mix it up with, I'm gonna have some five stars, I'm gonna have some regular kids, I'm gonna have some, you know, vets, and that didn't work either. So all right, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna just screw it. Let me just go get a bunch of dudes who want to play defense, who gonna fight. They're going to fight for the city and the, the jersey on the front of the chest. And I'm going to get KD and DeAndre is going to be there. And give me just a bunch of dudes going to play defense and run around and tough nose, hard nose guys. All right, screw that. I'm, I'm, like, I'm going to get a bunch of guys who yeah. – it's, like it's like Dr. Strange, man. Like he's just he's just going back and forth in right. time trying to just do these things over and over and over again. And it's like what happens is you don't have a consistent, consistent thing. yeah. And, and like Mar- the Marvel – 
franchise. Yeah. Memphis has just cratered. <laughs> right. Like, right. Marvel used to be on top, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like, Memphis was in the top ten. They're struggling. And then they came out yeah. with the Eternals. Uh, and <laughs> so. and uh, that's what this Memphis team is. They're the Eternals, the Eternals bro. Yeah. You know, what yeah. was the worst one they put out recently? I like the Eternals more than most people did. Uh, the worst one they put out recently. Because, uh, like, it used to be uh, – I'll tell you where Marvel went wrong while we're on the subject. For me, I, I, you may not agree. You're mm. way more next on this than I yeah. But, like, I had to, like, watch the uh, Disney Plus stuff to, like, keep up, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like, I cannot do that. It's a lot going on. I cannot I'm, do that. I'm going to tell you what messed Marvel up for real. And I'm going to be way off subject now. I think what messed Marvel up was Guardians of the Galaxy hitting the way it did. It made them think, I, we can literally put out any franchise and it's going to hit. I think because that and was they've tried because that's like bottom of the barrel characters in, in Marvel, and right, that, right, those right. movies were incredible. Exactly. That first movie was incredible. It was. I think them dropping that and like it hitting him. Oh man, I can bring out yes, uh, Mister Scratchhead, and it's gonna be. Like, I just think this got it got carried away, and I think that early successes with uh, Disney Plus probably messed them up too because now they feel like exactly. But another thing too, back on the penny analogy with Marvel, like Doctor Strange, it start was the stuff he was doing like with these mad scientist stuff started. Wearing him down, like he's, it started changing him. It's, it turned him into yep. what he didn't want to become. Yep. And you see, you can see this is wearing on Penny, right? Oh, 100%. And, and that's why I said he's to decide whether this is what he wants to do, man. Because I, I did sort of notice that, yeah, like the life of a coach is not easy, bro. It ages and you, and it's getting very, <laughs> right. it's getting a lot harder and a lot yeah. more complicated. He's out there looking like John Chaney uh, lately. <laughs> that man will never look like Chaney. Never. How dare you? It ain't that bad, bro. Damn. Man, I won't, because, I won't, man, the, the best scenario for Memphis is he, for— he, he, he does have bags under his eyes, though. Penny does. The best the best scenario for Memphis is for Penny Hardaway to figure this out, man. And, like, I, he's not that far away. Because we're saying, well, we used to be number 10 in the country. Like, you can't throw away the fact that we were 10 but in the that's country. That's the key to me. I don't think he's that far Yeah, away. I don't think he's he that far have away to from throw out yeah. everything yeah. he's done the first yeah, yeah. five years. Yeah, yeah, I think that I think the thing is that if, we, if Penny can— Get over that hump, man. The small things, the things that he's still struggling in. Sometimes the toughest storm comes before the breakthrough. Exactly, bro. And I think with that being said, that's the best case scenario for Memphis. Whatever coach who's sitting on somebody's, whatever assistant coach on somebody's bench or some coach at some small school that you're dreaming of coming here, he ain't Penny, bro. Like, <laughs> his, his capabilities are not as good as if Penny Hardaway can figure out some of those difficult uh, uh, aspects of coaching. So I'm pulling for Penny to figure this out for sure. Well, yeah, I will. I mean, again, though, it's like th- this is another season where it's just it's lost now. I mean, it's just lost, um, and it should never have been, you know. And that's the thing that that has to be examined. Mm-hmm. It's like every single year, I saw this on Twitter. Somebody put together like a, an answer key of quotes from Penny about chemistry issues and about how. Mm-hmm. And it it goes like it's every year since 2019. Last year they were a call away from going to the Sweet 16. Yeah. Yes. Period. Yeah. Yes. True. This year he comes back, he gets to 10. That's yes. what I'm saying. That that's not that, that's not being far off. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for Week Number One. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 